Welcome back to the History in the Moment podcast. I am your host, Cameron Lynn, and I'm here to talk about what's going on in the world right now, what's the most pressing issue in the world right now, and that is the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia. Now, before we say anything else, let us let us call this invasion what it is. This is a complete and utter violation of international law. It is a war crime, a crime against humanity, and a crime under the Geneva Conventions, which Russia signed back in the 1940s, just like the United States did. This is a tragedy. And my first thought is to give my prayers And hope for peace and safety for the majority of the Ukrainian people. And hope and safety for those who are not Ukrainian but stuck in Ukraine. My thoughts and prayers go to all those who are not in Ukraine but are from Ukraine and are suffering at the invasion of their own of their country. Now that I got that out of the way, let's get to the discussion about what is happening. Last night, while in the wee hours of the night, leading into the next day, and in the early, early morning hours, in the Ukraine, Russia began a blitzkrieg and began the bombing of multiple cities in the Ukraine. This this includes Odessa, which is the third largest city. This includes Kiev, which I believe is the capital. And many other areas around the Ukraine. This and even close to Chernobyl. This is a heinous act of war, a clear act of aggression, and quite a devastating devastating day in Ukraine to be honest I did not think that he would actually invade the country when I say he I'm referring to Vladimir Putin the Putin Putin had there have been whispers for a minute I mean he was he was He's been setting things up for months. He's put people at the border. Ever since we've heard about America moving weapons to Ukraine and moving weapons to places and the, and, and the 3,000 troops that Biden moved to Poland, which is a neighbor of Ukraine, it, it's been getting more and more real. Um, I, it didn't really hit for me until a couple of days ago where this, this piece of Russia broke off, not Russia, I'm sorry, of Ukraine. Two states, which are heavily Russian-influenced, heavily Russian-influenced by propaganda within the region because Russia has so much money, more than Ukraine, they can't really do anything about it. They broke off, they voted to break off and become independent states from Ukraine, and what they did was invited in Russia into these quote-unquote independent states to stop um, an incursion from the Ukraine and a mass reaction 
from what the Russian intelligence said would be a gen- had would be a genocide from the Ukrainian uh, government. Now, in hindsight, clearly that was bullshit. That was just a way for them to invade the country. It's a soft invasion, as we can call it. It's not a hard, yo, we're going to start bombing shit invasion, but it clearly was a soft invasion for them to get a better position closer to the Ukraine so that he could ultimately begin his blitzkrieg early last night. Now, according to a general, the blitzkrieg has failed, but thousands and thousands of soldiers died, civilians killed, many, many people have died, and the country has been devastated, undoubtedly. So, one, you need, we should probably start with justifications, right? Let's talk about um, who Putin is. Putin is a, first and foremost, vehement white supremacist. Vladimir Putin has produced a country that is heavily, heavily white supremacist and thought a very Christian country as well. It's similar in many ways to the United States. It's just that the ethnic population is a lot more, um, there are a lot, it's a lot less diverse. But it is a white supremacist state, and Putinism in itself is a white supremacist ideal involved in to a country. There aren't straightforward laws, right? They're not like, oh man, you can't, um, you can't interracially marry, but you, but, but the culture there at the moment, there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of black people. There aren't a lot of people of color. So it's a white supremacist state. Right. So with that in mind, it's very interesting that. Well, we also have to I'm sorry, we also have to discuss that Russia is a authoritarian state as well. It's so it's a white supremacist authoritarian state. Right. Now, tell me how interesting it is that all of these leaders on the right in America on the right side of the aisle in America, and I don't mean right is incorrect, I mean right as in left and right, referring to conservatives, are telling their base that Russia is doing the right thing. How can the invasion of another sovereign country be right? I just don't understand that. To me, it seems like a preempting. It's, it's the idea, right? Let's just say, for example, I take you. I constantly tell you, that we are, I don't know, let's say, for example, you ain't shit. I say you ain't shit all the time. I tell you every day, you ain't shit, you ain't shit, you ain't shit, you ain't shit, right? Then one day, you something happens to you, and the first thing you say is you ain't shit. So now you believe that you ain't shit, right? That is a very similar idea to... To what they're doing they're preempting you right they're telling their base they're preempting their base so for white authoritarianism whether that be trump um whether it be some other republican like don like DeSantis when he comes back that's what they're trying to do right now luckily there is a bit of pushback whether or not the democrats will pounce on it it's, it's, it's unimportant to this conversation right now let's move on to why i mean why is putin 
trying to invade Ukraine. Now, there's this idea to me, and this is this is something that stands out to me. is is really interesting. He's now his justification is that NATO expansion is why you can't exactly justify the NATO. You can't exactly justify their expansion, even though they agreed to not expand past the former um, into the borders of the the former Soviet Union towards the home state of Russia. But that's what's happened, in a sense. And that is his justification. Now, I think that's bullshit, especially because there is a state, a country in the upper Soviet in the upper former Soviet Union area two con- above Belarus there are like three countries that now Belarus is um, there's it's right above Ukraine and then above Belarus there are three countries that are part of NATO that border the the, the Russian home country so I, I find the justification to be bullshit but still having Ukraine within NATO is a different type of threat it's a different population it's a different issue than having these three smaller countries in NATO so it's problematic, right? Clearly, there's an issue there. And and there might be some credibility to it. But I I ultimately just believe it's the justification. The same way that Bush justified invading Iraq because Saddam Hussein, quote unquote, had weapons of mass destruction, which, again, was bullshit, right? So they justify their invasion of Ukraine or by saying you don't want, we don't want NATO right next to the home country again that seems like bullshit to me I don't believe it but if we but now I didn't believe it when he first said it I definitely don't believe it now because during that same speech he's, he started rambling about blood and soil which is clearly clear Nazism fascist wording Propaganda, rhetoric, whatever you want to call it. Blood and soil is just clear. It's, just, it's the same as saying, like, states' rights in America. Like, we know what you mean when you say states' rights. You're trying to, you know, trying to take away people's voting rights. It's the same type of idea. So, blood and soil, dog whistle for Nazism. But on the other end, what, also something he said that stood out to me is he said that the fall of the Soviet Union was one of the greatest tragedies in humans history. So that that that's clearly a red flag. My my mind started waving woo 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 woo. Right? Like I'm going like oh shit that's that's crazy, right? <laughs> like now the Soviet Union was no great country. It had a lot of atrocities, a lot of dead people, a lot of authoritarian a lot of authoritarian ideas, a lot of crushing of dissent, everything. There were a lot of issues within the Russian government. However, however, the call of the Soviet Union, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union, the tragedy is it's it's odd to me. It it is it failed. It's just a failed state. So when you're calling. When you're invading a country that was part of the former Soviet Union, and he calls the and he calls the fall of the Soviet Union one of the greatest tragedies in human history, 
how can those the connection of those dots seem to me that he might want to reform the former Soviet Union. Now, if that's the case, we have a justification that has nothing to do with what he said. And again, since he's completely invaded the country, sounds like bullshit anyways. We can't even take any of what he says at face value anymore. I mean, we couldn't really to begin with, but definitely not now since he's formed and invaded the country. Now, what 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 has happened in response to this since since the country's been invaded other than I mean outside of the Ukraine? Well, let's take NATO. Let's begin with NATO. Many countries in the European Union and in NATO have begun sanctioning major parts of the um, major parts of the Russian government and the Russian oligarchs. These sanctions basically freeze the assets of Russia outside of the country. So they have no access to any money they have outside the country from any of the places where they put their money. So already, already, that's a massive barrier. Um, those Now, these sanctions were already put in place by the United States. So every little bit of money that the Russians had in the United States, they can't get out anymore because of said sanctions. Um, and these sanctions came to place from the United States back when the Ukraine, back when Russia took Crimea from the Ukraine, which was, again, clear violation of international law, you know, that has clear, you know, a clear connection to what's happening now. But again, moving forward to now, these European countries have put the same sanctions forward. And even the United States has enforced, has imposed more sanctions upon Russia, which has decimated their economy. The, the Russian economy is the, the dollar, the ruble, is now worth 12 cents for every American dollar. Now, what that can seem simple at first because within the country, I mean, the, the values are the same or one ruble is still one ruble. But it's when you start operating on a global atmosphere, when you start operating globally, is when it becomes a problem because if that money doesn't mean as much as it used to, you can't buy anything. That cripples the economy. They can't buy resources. They can't buy anything to help fund a war. And war needs money to fund it so that people can so that it can continue to to work. They can't take out they won't be able to take out loans for anyone other than like China. And who knows what China's gonna do at the end of this. China might, for all we know, um, abandon Russia and let them find the win. Which again presents its own issues. So I so there is one more thing that the United States is considering. I'm not sure if they've done it yet, where they're going to completely cut off the Russian government, the oligarchs, everyone from the global banking system that would decimate the economy to a point where it would probably never recover. Vladimir Putin has said he would consider that an act of war. That is how devastating that sanction could and would be. On, and on that note, I question the 
the reasoning. Like, is it is it worth trying to put that that sanction forward? Because, for example, what if the United States actually goes to war with Russia? That will be the first time we've ever seen two nuclear powers at war with one another. That is unprecedented and an unprecedented destruction will come from it, undoubtedly. So I wonder if they'll do it. It's an evolving situation. We're learning more. This is the first war that I've seen begin. In, especially in my days like growing up and paying attention to this stuff. I mean, I was alive during the Crimea invasion, but this is the first one that stands out to me. So what happens next? I'm interested to see. Again, I'm praying for the people. I'm praying for um, the safety of those who are in Ukraine who are facing an invasion from a clearly more powerful enricher nation it is going to be it's scary situation and even from the from our end is it's 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 weird like you've never i've never at least i've never lived through something like this so as the situation evolves i'll try and talk more about it uh i'll i mean i'll probably pay attention to it more later I mean, from the stuff that comes out. So thanks for listening. This has been the History of the Moment podcast. I am your host, Cameron Lynn. Uh, Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a great week.